Welcome back to the crack, ladies and gentlemen. And I am still buzzing off of Saturday. It was great to speak to the great Donna Corby about the vibes and the atmosphere and what will happen beyond UFC 292 on Monday. The show was out on Tuesday, of course. One of the big talking points from that particular episode was Ian Gary and the amazing performance he had and the impact he had on the card. Dublin, what's next? And ladies and gentlemen, I woke up this morning and Layla, Ian's wife, asked me would I like some time to speak to Ian Gary. And I mean, right now, that guy's top of the list, right? That's the guy everyone wants to speak to. A guy who I met at Team KF many years ago who told me that this would happen. And it's happening in front of our eyes now. I will give my thoughts on the Logan Paul v. Dylan Dennis press conference at the back end of this show, but right now, it's all about one guy. It's Ian Machado Gary. He had a showcase performance on Saturday night. Suddenly, there isn't a matchup at 170 where I think he gets drowned, he gets destroyed. I mean, this guy looks like he's going the whole way. As he told me all those years ago. Amazing. I still can't believe he performed like that after that Boston pub workout. A lot of people were worried about that. Is this too much? Has he put too much on himself? And then he goes out and does that. So what we talked about was, um, obviously, his amazing achievement Saturday. The Wonderboy situation. Dana saying he won't fight. Uh, Michael Jordan theory given to me by Graham McDonald from Severo May, the OG, the man who turned PC Carroll digital. PC Digital, if you will. This sadistic streak in Ian Gary I've been talking about. I talked about it with Donna. I talked about it on the Ringer show, Ringer on May show on Saturday night directly after the main event. I talked about a conversation I had with Chris Fields about this particular fight and how it made me think about people calling Ian eager and a tryhard. It's kind of changed how I feel about that situation because it never seemed to fit exactly right for me. And of course, I asked him about the headlines I'm seeing about him wanting to fight Hamzat Shumayev and his general disdain for Colby Covington. He's back in Ireland next week, so I hope I'll see him. We're working on a few things. Um, what a gent. Can't thank Layla enough for sorting this out. And a big thank you to Ian as well for joining me. He wrote back to a, uh, a clip I saw, a clip I put out of me and Donna speaking about this haters v fan situation. So I didn't know if he, if he, he was in a bad move with me, but clearly not. A lad who understands this game and a lad who is going very far, who's already gone so far. He is the best Irish fighter on the planet at this moment. Here's Ian Gary. A little under five years ago, I met a young man from Malahide. And within the first 20 seconds of talking to him, he told me that he was going to be a UFC champion and he was going to drag the UFC back to Dublin. Now, I had heard that a number of times in my life, but this time something felt different. And on Saturday night in Boston, he confirmed that he was telling me the truth as Dana White for the first time acknowledged that, yes, we will be going back to Dublin. And it's because of one man. His name is Ian Machado Gary. And he is the greatest Irish fighter in existence at the moment. Ian Gary, how does it feel, sir? How are you, sir? That's a very, very beautiful introduction. And you know what, PT? It's giving me a look. I don't know if you can see them, but I got goosebumps. Telling me that I like I get to bring UC back to Dublin is a dream of mine I've had. I remember I was getting ready for the Cage Warriors um, court show. 
And I remember I had done a load of media that week and I said to everybody, I'm going to be the guy that brings the UFC back to Dublin. I'm going to be him. Trust me, trust in the process, trust where my vision is and watch. And PT, we're this fucking close. We're this close. Man, you are, you are in sniffing distance of this obviously there's all this talk of uh november december and that's not dana white's plan that's your plan because you told me miles before dana white said it um obviously there's a lot of talk of wonder boy straight after the fight in dana saying wonder boy won't fight you what the hell is going on here i believe he will i believe he will i believe he's going to sit there and he's going to debate it he's going to think about it he'll talk to his team he'll talk to everybody i don't know whether it's a negotiation tactic i don't know what it is but the truth is I am the best fight for Wonderboy to take. I'm a striker. I've already told him I want to prove I'm the best striker in the division. And I'm not going to do that by going out there and fucking submitting him. No, I'm not going to be excited by that. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to beat you at what you do best. That is my goal. And I mean that out of nothing but pure respect for how good the fucking guy is and what he's done. So for me, when I look at Wonderboy's opportunity, he gets to fight a 13-0 undefeated ranked opponent, when you look at everybody else in the rest of the division that he could potentially fight that's in that top 10, it doesn't do him well because eight of them are rappers. And I'm sick of seeing him fight rappers. So this is the fight to make. Whether he likes it or not, he's welcome. Tell me when the date is and I'll see you there. This is amazing. That is a quality pitch. I hope Wonder Boy, I know he listens to the podcast every week, but I hope he especially listens to this one. Um, the what I what I think is interesting, and I think it actually is a big um nod towards your star power, to be honest. Everybody has an opinion on Ian Gary right now. I was, as I told you before we recorded here, I was spellbound by what you did on Saturday night. And I put it out, I was like, that was absolutely fantastic. That man didn't lose a second of that fight. And as my good colleague Chuck, my great ch- colleague Chuck Mendenhall said afterwards, people are complaining about a finish. He finished them five times. <laughs> and um, one thing, one thing, I think it's the whole back and forth you guys had, but Gray McDonald, and I have to credit him for this because I can't stop thinking about it since he said it to me. Of course, as I told you, I've been discussing this with everyone in Irish MMA since yes. it happened. <laughs> and uh, Gray McDonald had a great theory and I wanted to put it to you. He said, is it like I know Ian likes Michael Jordan, right? He's like one of his sporting heroes. And in the last yeah, dance, the last dance, Jordan, Jordan, Jordan says, like, oh, this guy said this about me, but he he didn't actually say that, but he used it to form this thing to drive himself. And I'm wondering if you heard that and you were like, I'm eliminating the thought of him misspeaking. That's who that guy is, and I'm going after that guy. I'm a competitor at heart, and if there's any any amount of emotional emotional feeling I can get and convince myself to be better that would give that would give me more in the fight. I will make that happen. Yes. But don't get don't get me mistaken. There is no way that's what happened in this fight. I took the literal words Neil Magny said, I put them on the spray for the world and I just showed him the words that muttered he muttered out of his own mouth. So I am just showing his own actions. And I'm a father now, PT. I have a little baby running around the house every day. And I had a baby running around the, ki- the kitchen when I was listening to that interview where Neil Magny said that he's got accustomed to beating his child. Right? Short. That's the short form, right? If you want to take the long form, go watch the fucking interview. But there's no way 
There is no way that man didn't mean what he said. Because I tell you this, when I called him up over it, did he say it wasn't true? Did he apologize? Or did he just sit there with his arms crossed and say nothing? I actually was saying, like, Jesus, Neil should have just cleared this up fairly quickly. To be yeah, honest. Should, have, should have sat there and gone, no, 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 I didn't mean that. I didn't, you know I didn't mean it. You're making it a no. No, he didn't. And that's what makes it even more convincing, Pete, is he didn't fucking open up about it or say anything about it. He just shut up. No good. He done what I told him to do, which is, which is fucking reflect him. Sit down, shut up, reflect on what you said. Because you shouldn't be allowed to fucking mind. What he said was ridiculous. And that was just this on Saturday night because I went out there and I absolutely mauled This is This is another thing I wanted to talk about because I, I saw a different side of you that night, Ian. And you've said a few things to me that made me feel this way, but I never saw it in motion. And it was wild to watch. Some guys, you get them in there and you enjoy every second of it. And I was like, I was talking to Chuck afterwards and I was like, Ian wanted to humiliate that guy. And he 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 enjoyed hurting him. And he enjoyed watching him wobble. And he wanted to be in there for another 15 minutes if he could have been. I, I promise you right now, if I could have done that fight again, straight afterwards, I would have 100%. I said to my wife, the day of the fight, everything I've been, obviously I think about it, I sleep about it, I dream about fighting. Everything I do in that week is, a, is thinking about that fight. And I was so fucking upset and annoyed at the shit that he had said and I just thought about my own kid I thought about my own childhood and I thought about just going out there and whooping that man's ass for 15 minutes to just make him fucking hate every second of that fight but also Pizzi to go home and think about it he's going home with a fucking broken leg he's on crutches or on a wheelchair I don't care what he's on but that man ain't able to walk up steps right now yeah, that, that is. is what was more important to me than getting a finish. People talk about, oh, I needed to see a finish. I needed to see a finish. You've seen a 30-24. You haven't seen it in fucking seven years since Khabib and Barbosa. Crazy. Crazy. It's uh... think, think of that. Think of that statement. The last time we seen that scorecard was seven years ago against a guy who people argue is one of the greatest of all time and one of the most dominant fighters you've ever seen. That's the last person you can compare me to with that scorecard. A lot of people, and I, I've never felt this is accurate. It's a misread on you. Um, and I always knew it was. And I think I think I know how what people are confusing with it. People are always like, oh, he, he's so eager to make everyone like him. And he, he's a try hard and all this stuff. And I, I was like, it's not that doesn't sit right with me. And <laughs> and I, I'm telling I'm telling you, I, I mentioned this guy's name, and I know you have a history with him, but I want to tell you that this conversation triggered what I think is actually happening here. It, it was your former coach, Chris Fields, and I rang him with the Neil Magnifier, and I was like, what do you think? Because obviously, you know, he knows you a great deal, your ability. And, mm -hmm. and he was like, well, what do you think? And I was like, well, Neil's going to try and get him up against the cage and wear out his arms, and hopefully, like, by the third round, Ian will be tired, and he's going to hit him. And Chris was like, oh, you don't know. Oh, that's funny. He's like, you don't know. He's like, Ian is a cardio machine. And if he tries to touch the ground with him, he's probably going to submit him. And mm -hmm. then after computing this for a few days and watching you all week, I'm like, that's what it is. He's nearly laughing at these reporters when they're asking yeah. him, are you going to do this? Because you're like, mate, you don't know. I am going to annihilate these people. Is that the read? Is that what I've been looking to put on a bow for so long? Is that accurate? I am 
so confident in my abilities. I'm so confident in everything that I have done in my entire career. And the way I am learning and the way I'm growing now and the way I'm traveling the world, this nomadic lifestyle is only going to excel that learning and make it even more detailed, even more specific and help me grow at a faster rate. Being, an, uh, being this nomadic fighter is absolutely going to be a catalyst to my greatness because I have the ability to train with the best coaches in the world, the best teammates in the world. When I sit here and say things to people, Pizzi, there's always doubters. There's always people going, oh, yeah, yeah, this and this and this. Fucking find out because nobody's been able to prove me wrong. Nobody's been able to land a finger on me or no one's been able to drag. If Neil Magny was such a good grappler, what would he have done? He would have taken me down and he would have made me show my grappling. Instead, I took him down and I sat on top of him towards the end and I stuck my tongue out with fucking Joe Rogan, DC and John Anakin. Went, right? I am so much better than everybody else that I've ever fought. It is just a matter of time until I show how good I am. When it comes to cardio, there is no one else. You think Kobe Covington? Put me in the octagon with Kobe Covington. See what happens. Fucking to his cardio. It'll go down the swanny real fucking quick when I punch him in the mouth. You want to talk about grappling? Put me in there with fucking Usman. See what happens when he tries to take me down. You want to talk about striking? Put me in there with Wonderboy. That's the fight I want next. Put me in there with Wonderboy and see who the better striker is. Ian, I have no... like I. Have... You know, I've been enamored with your fighting ability for a long time. But after that, I don't think I can pick against you if you fight anyone in this division. Um, not that I have been, to be fair. But, um, but one thing one, one thing I, I love to see, and this just blew up all of a sudden online. I don't know if it's an interview you did today or what happened. But there's suddenly talk of Shemaev v. Ian. And you, oh, I, I, believe you, I believe you said it, right? But this is the funny thing, Ian. When you signed, do you remember that Shemoyev was the guy at 170, and people were saying it nearly mockingly to you. They were like, oh, what are you going to do with Shemoyev? And now you're like, what is Ian going to do with Shemoyev? Like, let's seriously talk about this. Why is it him, a guy who might be going to 185, who still wants to go to 170, why do you want to fight him? I don't want to fight him right now. Okay. Okay, that, he's up at 185, and he's not coming back down. But there's a future PC. There's stuff that's going to happen in the future. That guy is fucking legit, right? He's as legit as legit comes. But everybody keeps talking about him like he's this fucking boogeyman. Sweet. Cool. I'll see you in a couple of years. I'll see you at 185. And we'll see who the boogeyman is. Oh, my God, Ian Gary. What, you don't like Colby either, let's be honest. I, I mean, I've heard I'm going to just... punch the mouth off him eventually. I've been saying it all week. It was. It, it's just one of these things. He, I have no doubt that he's a lovely guy because he puts on this persona. And you know what? Fair play to him because he's made himself interested in this persona, whether it's people hate him or people love him. All I know is I was in fucking, I was in the three, I was in the um, the O2 when he walked out for the Leon um, Edwards fight against Usman. Yeah. And the fucking scream that he got from the crowd in excitement to see him there was ridiculous. So he has got supporters, and I would absolutely love to break his fucking face. This is all very exciting. I know we're on. You have a a, a long list of media to do today, Don't but I, I want to ask you. I know, I know 
you're coming home soon. What is the first thing Ian Gary wants to do when he gets home to the Emerald Oil? Is there anything you're like, I need to do this. I need to do that. I want to show Layla this. I want to show Layla. I know Layla's been here plenty of times, but yeah. is there anything like, do you have a list of shit? I need to get this done when I get home. Like chicken rolls, anything like that. <laughs> yeah, I'm vegan now, man. I can't be having oh, yeah. chicken rolls anymore. Well, then you're going to have to go falafel roll or something yeah, like this. fucking delicious. But anyway, here's the thing. It's been a while since I've been home and trust me, I miss home. I get so fucking emotional about it all the time when I think about Dublin. I missed my house in San Trudici. I missed it a lot. And I'm just excited to come home and see how far I've gone. Just to sit down at a bench near Pomanic Beach where I spent a lot of my childhood and just breathe in the fresh sea breeze and just fucking go, wow. I've done a lot. I've done a lot in such a short space of time, and I'm not done yet. And I'm not done by any stretch of the imagination. My foot's slowing me down on that gas pedal, and I'm not stopping anytime soon. But to be able to just slow down for a moment and be grateful and think, I've had a kid, I've won a world title, signed to the UFC, I've just broke into the top 15. I'm, I, I basically broke into the top 10 by beating two guys this camp. And I've done that in less than two years. It's it's insane. You actually seem a bit emotional just thinking about it right now. I am emotional about it. I, PC, I hold back tears before every single walkout. I fight with so much emotion. I I embrace it. I use it, and I abuse it for all the right reasons. If you are a fighter who throws emotions away because you can't fight emotional, or you're a fighter who can manipulate that emotion and harness it to go out there and put on a show. One fighter is going to be drastically more powerful than the other. Well, and I have that ability, and I promise you, like I'm in tears, holding it back just before every single walkout, because there's so much that I'm grateful for, there's so much I'm happy for, there's so much I'm I'm blessed to be in that specific position just before I walk out. And then I get to go out there and do put on a show and do what I love, and I flip that switch, and it's. It's exciting, and it's it's something that I'm forever grateful for to be able to be in my be where I am. But the biggest thing about Dublin is being grateful for where I've come from and where I am. And obviously, I travel the world and train, but don't think for one second that I don't miss home every single fucking day. Well, it's incredible. Sorry, do I have time for one more? One more, I promise. Go ahead. You've, you've got time for two more. It's the Boston <laughs> pub, right? When you go to the Boston pub in. Everybody in Ireland's worried, right? Because suddenly, like, this guy is hard. Like, he has the weight of this scene on his shoulders. This guy from Malahide's over there. And we're like, everyone's pretty confident, right? Ian's savage. He's going to get through uh, Neil Magny. Then this bar thing happens, and everyone's ringing me. Petey, what's he doing? How How is he going out the night before this? How is he doing this? And I was like, no, he loves this shit. Like, this, like he wanted to do this. He, I'm sure Layla was like, maybe this isn't a good idea. And you're like, no, we're going. This is what we're doing. Good idea. No, here's the thing. My wife and my team, right? You, this, this will. I, I'll, I'll tell you how it goes now, right? I throw out these fucking mad ideas. Some of them we don't do. Some of them we follow through with. But I promise you now, Layla. When I say an idea like that, originally it was Jeff Neal that we planned for. Originally, the plan was to invite Jeff Neal to the public workout and sell his mugshot. At the open workout, 
That was the original plan. And then oh it was magically God. changing. We scrapped a couple of ideas and we still ran with it. But the idea to be able to go out there and put on a show for the fans and get them excited the day before the fight is so fucking entertaining for me and for them. The energy that they give me the night before going into a fight, I went home. I was baffled as it fuck me. We just did that. Thousands of Irish fans, thousands of UST fans coming to this pub and causing pandemonium. It was so, so, so special. And I'm going to keep doing disruptive stuff like that the entire time in my career. I promise you. It, it's actually a moment where that was like, I know like the fight, obviously I'd want to be there, but I was like, I was speaking to Donna Corby who was there. He didn't get to the pub, but I was like, that was an Irish MMA moment. Like that's one of them yeah. moments that I wish I was there. I had to just feel what was happening. Um, MMA were there. They came, they heard about it. They came. And one of the, and, and the guy said it in the comment section. And it's so fair. How many people do you hear say that they were at the fucking helix today? Connor? Yes. That's what I thought. 57,000 people. Tell me I, I, I was there, though, Ian. Not a lot of media members were that are still on the beat, but this guy was. But it's, but it's that kind of similarity. It's like there yeah. will be people that can say they were there that night in Boston. And there were people that will want to say they were there when they weren't really because it was that type of moment. And it would be so cool. And do, you remember, so, do you remember we shook hands straight after it when, when I was there in Boston watching you do the workout? I was like, oh, hi, and you're like, hi, Peter, you're definitely in Boston and you're seeing yeah, this happening right now. Yeah, That was great. Yeah, you were there. Final one, final one. You're a you're a proponent of visualization. You see things and y- you see them into into the world, and you know they come through. Basically, is what I'm trying to get at in a ham handed way. Yeah, yeah, I, may, I manifest and make it all come to. That's me. what I meant. Sorry, uh, but Sean O'Malley does this uh, at the weekend in the main event, and I I was comparing it to McGregor Mendez. I was comparing it to Israel and Whitaker fighting in Melbourne. I was at both of those fights. You surely must have said. I'm going to do this and I'm going to do it bigger when you saw that happening. <laughs> Look, I have a plan. Stick with me. Enjoy it. And PT, just get ready for the madness that's going to happen because it's going to be sensational. It's going to be otherworldly and I'm excited for every single part of it. And the truth is, I love what Aldo said after the fight. He said he's just another guy chasing his dream. I can't knock him for that. Well, I'm out here chasing a dream, and my dream is to be a two-way world champion. My dream is to change the change the game. I've seen it before. History's going to repeat itself. My oh my! Well, I hope I get to see it in Dublin. I hope you have a wonderful time yeah. introducing Leo to the whole family. He is a fantastic-looking <laughs> child, as I've told you many times. But, uh, <laughs> enjoy the celebrations, dude! You're one of the best in the world, and it's all happening for Ian Machado, Gary. Thank you so much for your time the great Ian Machado Gary. I mean, this guy just feels like he's born for this, doesn't he? It just feels like he has planned every second of it. And look, I I have known this man a long time. There is nothing fabricated about the way he is, the way he talks. This is how he was all those years ago. It's incredible for me to see this. This is happening again. Of course, I met a man a long time ago from Crumlin who was very like that. And look what he went on to do. It really is wild for me to be seeing this again. You know, I didn't believe this could happen. I didn't believe we could have another front runner like this and then a whole army behind them. And I don't mean that in the sense of fans who will definitely be there, of course, at the Tree Arena when this happens, which feels inevitable at this point. But I'm talking about the Kaelin Lochrans, um, the, the Reese McKees, the Sean O'Bannons, you know, hopefully Paul Hughes. People seem to be talking about Nate Kelly a lot as well, but 
you know, there's so many people as well. SBG there, Lee Hammond, Kiefer Crosby. Like the, the KF lads that, that Ian used to train with, Omran Shaban, Ryan Shelley, Leon Hill. Who knows? Like, I mean, there's a lot of guys you can put, like Paul Hughes obviously there as well. This is just a, a wild situation to be unfolding in front of us and such an exciting time. And it's it's warmed my cold, dead heart. I mean, the trauma I, I'm, I still have from those years on the front line with that first generation. I mean, my God. But I'm ready for it again. I will destroy myself for everyone again because it was that good. It was a dream. And as they say, you never know you're living the good old days when you're living the good old days. But now they are. But I'm ready for some good new days too. Now, you can go over to the Ringer MMA show because that show should be live now, our latest show, because I'm recording with Chuck immediately after this, Chuck and TST. But we're going to talk about all about this press conference yesterday. Dunna sold me on it. I wouldn't have watched it if Dunna didn't sell, sell me on it. Tell me what Dylan Dennis was about right now and everything. But my God, absolute chaos. I mean, I stopped mopping my kitchen to watch that. And I was just like, what have I just witnessed? I thought at one stage, John Fury was being the, the voice of reason. He's like, come on, why are we talking about all this personal stuff? We should be talking about fighting. Proceeds to kick over tables and start a riot. Unbelievable. I mean, I've been contacted by MMA fighters that are going to this fight, that are intrigued by this fight. I think it's going to be a big deal, regardless of how you feel about it. You know, I always see this kind of holier-than-thou stuff from MMA, like misremembering the fact that we were here for so many years. It's not so long ago that, you know, Irish MMA was seen the way influencer boxing is seen. And I think from a lot of people, it still is. Maybe Gary and Co. can change that, but we're going to be discussing it on the Ring MMA show. That show should be live if you are listening to this right now. You can go over there and check it out after listening to this in its completion, of course. But, um... Big thank you to Ian Gary. Thank you to Layla for sorting it out. Hopefully, there'll be more from me and Ian soon. And also, uh, big thank you to our fearless producer, Oscar, who is on holiday in Portugal and has to uh, produce this for me. I apologize, Oscar. I did not know. We love your work. You're a legend. He's nearly as mysterious as Mysterious Frank at this stage, but what a job he's doing. A joy to work with the man. Have a wonderful holiday, Oscar, and have a lovely day, everyone who's listened. Quite a good week, I think, no? I think so. See you next week. Mwah.